Hi, friends. Welcome to Moments to Ponder. This is a podcast designed to help you spend a few moments in God's Word, breathe, and take away something to ponder. I'm Betsy Marvin, and I am so grateful for these few moments we have together to ponder the Book of Esther. This is Episode 70. Today's scripture focuses in on a short story within the fabric of Esther. It's one of political intrigue, secrets, and plots, and informants. The main character is Mordecai. Mordecai is from the tribe of Benjamin, and he is a descendant of King Saul. He has adopted his cousin Hadassah, who we see in this scripture as Esther, which is her Persian name. And throughout this, we notice that he cares for her as his very own daughter. Most likely, Mordecai was born in Susa, and I find it interesting that his name means little man. Does this mean he was short or a petite man? I don't know, but it does make me think about some things differently later on in the story. Yet no matter his stature, we are told that he was on duty at the king's gate. For a Jewish man to serve at the king's gate was a big deal. Now to help you visualize the setting, picture a large palace compound with great stone buildings with many, many columns and ornate carvings. And this compound had a moat around it. There was a bridge that crossed the moat and to enter the compound, you would pass through the king's gate. In 1970, the King's Gate at Susa was discovered. The gate was actually a large building set as a way into the palace area, controlling all access into the complex. This gate building was massive, larger than most houses today, with walls 10 feet thick, standing 30 to 50 feet high. It was a sign of power and authority. Now, across from the palace compound would have been the gathering place for the town. Businesses would be there, market day would happen there, debates, and news to be shared. If anyone wanted an audience with the king, they would have to go to the gate, be questioned by those at the gate, and then wait to be admitted into the courtyard beyond. Messengers including eunuchs, would carry the information back and forth between the courtyard and the audience hall. So this sets the stage for our passage today from Esther 2. One day, as Mordecai was on duty at the king's gate, two of the king's eunuchs, Bigthon and Teresh, who were guards at the door of the king's private quarters, became angry at King Xerxes and plotted to assassinate him. But Mordecai heard about the plot and gave the information to Queen Esther. She then told the king about it and gave Mordecai credit for the report. When an investigation was made and Mordecai's story was found to be true, the two men were impaled on a sharpened pole. This was all recorded in the book of the history of King Xerxes' reign. Esther 2, 21 through 23. 
I would imagine that those working at the gate would have access to a lot of information, as well as hold the authority to admit or deny an audience with the king. And this is where we find Mordecai. He could have been a judge or held another position, but we do know that by being in this place, he overhears a plot to assassinate the king. Throughout Persian history, assassination plots abounded, and many were successful. Bigthan and Teresh, who were guards at the door of the king's private quarters, could have had any number of reasons to want to kill the king. As they were waiting to carry messages to the audience hall, did they have a little side conversation? The building was definitely large enough for that to happen. Maybe they were being paid off, and maybe they didn't like how he treated them. Whatever the reason, Mordecai hears of their plan and gets word to Esther. When you think about it, he didn't have to do this. He could have turned a blind eye and let the guards go through with their plan. Mordecai was a loving father, astute judge, loyal citizen, and a wise man. He had been ever faithful to Esther. So I wonder, in his revealing of the plot, was there an element of concern for his queen? If these men attempted their plot while she was with the king, would she have been killed as well? Queen Esther tells the king of the plot, giving Mordecai the credit for discovering it, and an investigation ensues. When the plot is found to be true, thus saving the king's life, the eunuchs are killed, and the story is recorded in the history book. The Persians were careful to document everything, and they rewarded loyal people. But for some reason, Mordecai isn't given any accolades at this time. The recording of this story in Esther gives us a bit of foreshadow of what's to come, and we'll understand more about it later. But what can we take away now? What we see here is a man that did the right thing, and he was faithful right where he was, even though he received nothing in return. Had he been in that place for such a time? From this passage, Mordecai gives us an example of what it means to serve where you are and be faithful in the process, to take where you are and work for God in it. He was a Jew in a pagan court. Yet he maintained his character and protected his daughter's husband. This brings to mind a verse from Romans 8. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Here, in the middle of the story, God is putting pieces in place that will be vital later, but they're unseen in the moment. This is the working all things together piece that we don't often see until we can look back on it. I'm sure Mordecai didn't think this was that great in the moment, but he remained faithful. Another verse that comes to me is Deuteronomy 31.6. God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. As Esther serves as queen, as Mordecai serves at the gate, God is creating opportunities and leading them, 
helping them right where they are. (laughs) I'm sure you're not serving in a king's court or a queen of a vast empire. But these verses do apply to us. He is at work bringing all things together for good in his time because he loves us. And in the meantime, God doesn't leave us or forsake us as we seek to do the next right thing. If faced with a choice between silence and doing the right thing, what would you do? Would it depend on the person, the situation? I wonder, has God placed an opportunity before you that is just waiting for you to take a step? May God grant you the courage to walk faithfully. May you seek to stand and do the next right thing, even when it's hard. God will not leave or forsake you. He is at work in and around you, whether you can see it or not. I pray that you will be found faithful in the meantime. Amen.